My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the Dubbing R164. On this day, June 28th, 20 years ago, it was the WWE King of the Ring pay-per-view, and that's what we're going to watch on this episode. But before we do anything, it's alternate intros, and, and we do this every week, and we've been doing kid shows recently, apart from the live shows in the NXT... Uh, takeover event where we have something very special for that. But this one we go back to children's shows. Postman Pat. Postman Pat. Postman Pat and his black and white cat. Early in the morning, just as day is dawning, he picks up all the post bags in his van. Postman Pat. Postman Pat. Postman Pat and his black and white cat. All the birds are singing and the day is just beginning. Pat feels he's a really happy man. Everybody knows his bright red van. All his friends will smile as he waves to greet them. Maybe. You can never be sure. There'll be a knock, ring, let us through your door. Yeah, I always felt that was quite intimidating, really, that postman Pat was your door. Uh, you know what I mean? What, why well, would, that's what... what postmen do. They put letters... Through your door. Oh, letters. Not let us. Oh, fucking hell. I'd be thought it was like, let us through, just let me in. I want to... I want to I wanna have sex with you against your will. <coughs> Enzo Amore. Yeah. I mean, well, he's back now, isn't he? Have you seen the, the new rap album, everything that he's got? He's having a go at Big Cass, and uh, it's great. I'm trying to get him to guest on the WNR podcast. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we can get the real one as a guest here, Dan? Wouldn't you love... He wouldn't make it out of this room alive. <laughs> I would... Break my fist, punch him in the face. I would rip his arm off and beat him with the bloody fucking stump. I would rip his head off, shit down his neck, sew his head back on so he can he- eat his own shit made of my shit and his shit. But Postman Pat is a really happy man. So that was Postman Pat. I mean, that was one of my favourite shows as a child. I don't know why I liked it so much when it was a show just about a postman, but hey, Fireman Sam worked, didn't it? And Maybe that'll be next week's alternate intro. Uh, but what's the real intro, Dan? In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows Raw and Nitro went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcast goes back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. 
We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with the Attitude Era in full swing and WCW still at its peak, it's the perfect time to follow the month. This is WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars, June 1998. So yes, indeed, we're going to watch King of the Ring 1998, a pay-per-view, and usually we watch all the Raws and all the Nitros leading up to this. But unfortunately, uh, June's been a bit of a weird month for us, due to me actually taking some time off for the first time since we started the podcast. So what we're going to do, we're just going to watch a pay-per-view this month, and then next month we'll come back and we'll give you like a kind of right-in-your-face kind of two-month look back at WSW and WWE. So we're still going to continue doing it. But of course, like I said, we've given you quite a lot this month. The Punk Specials, we've had the live shows, Money in the Bank, and of course now this, on this day in history. It's the first time we've ever done this. So, you know, if we look back 20 years at this event, uh, where were you 20 years ago and what were you doing? Were you a wrestling fan back then? I was 12 years old. I was probably watching wrestling uh, in some form or another. Um, probably not as regular as I do now. Not long been in secondary school. So I was probably finding my feet. I was in year eight at school. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I was just getting on with my life, really, playing football a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think the same as me, really. I was just at school. I uh, wasn't really into wrestling. It would be January of 99 that I started really watching it. Uh, but this was an event. I mean, after it would happen, you would see this clip even now, you know. And I think in the 50 OMG moments that they had, and it is available on the WWE Network on the Beyond the Ring section, this is number one. Uh, so what we do now is watch the opening promo. The premonition. This game is your destiny. A first, first blood match. The prophecy. No force on earth can stop us Not even Stone Cold Steve Austin. What can we say? I've led before, I ain't afraid of it again, you big dead ass boss, the so-called Steve Austin. Revelation. If he does not become the World Wrestling Federation champion, King Living 1998 maybe as many times as I've seen any pay-per-view I mean it must be up there on the list I mean this is there with fully loaded 99 and Wrestlemania 17 in just kind of how many times I watched it and we're going to find out you know if it is just a one match show and we've got the King Living tournament of course uh, we've got Mankind versus The Undertaker and Kane versus Austin for the uh, WWF title in the first blood match. Now, the build-up to this, what we've just seen in the promo, Kane has spoken for the first time with the voice box and basically said he's going to set himself on fire if he doesn't win. Do you think that's a bit of an overreaction, Dan? 
It is, yes, but you know, it's it's just like when when you lose something or rather you do normally threaten to set yourself on fire. So yeah, but I find cutting yourself uh, is a lot easier. But this is at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, for King of the Ring. We see the Olympus Hen the Cell hanging above the ring. And, of course, let's not forget, you know, Mankind's facing the Untaker, but he has been facing Stoke Cold Steve Austin these past couple of pay-per-views. Austin, of course, won the WWF Championship WrestleMania 14 against Michaels. And he's been a thorn, it would be a massive understatement, in Mr. McMahon's side. So now McMahon thinks putting a monster like Kane, the title reign will come to an end. And we're going to find out tonight. And we've got JR and the King on commentary. And again, I don't think that would pass a health and safety test now. What's that, having a big tub of gasoline sat on your desk? Yeah, there's two tubs. There's one next to the King, one next to um, JR. And as it introduced us, because I guess that's what Kane will use later. But I'm just glad neither of them smoke at this moment in time because you will go up in a big puff. And we hear the music. Here comes the Headbangers. So, yes, this is a six-man tag team match. It is the Headbangers, Mosh and Frasher, with Takamishinoku going against Kayantai, which is one of our favourite teams. It's Funaki, Men's T.O. and Dick Togo. Dick Togo, I think you find his name. But, yeah, Tak is teaming up now with the Headbangers. He had an uh, association with Bradshaw, and that really didn't end well. And the Headbangers, I mean... You've got to respect the headbangers. They were NWA Tag Team Champions two months ago, goddammit. So if you can reach that pinnacle in wrestling. Oh, and Taka. Taka's got a skirt on and real men wear skirts, yeah, he's if a, you didn't know. He's a mini headbanger. And here comes Ty and Ty. Or Kai and Ty. However you want to pronounce them. Kai and Ty. And even the set coming out of here. I mean, that for a very long time. On a lot of uh, games that I played as well. I mean, Yamaguchi's son, bringing them out. So, out of all the members of uh, Kaintai, I guess you're most impressed by Dick, aren't you? Well, Dick does stand tall as part of Kaintai. Do you know Dick takes my breath away when when I see him sometimes? <laughs> I honestly can't believe in the ring. No, my favourite has got to be the SmackDown's number one announcer, Funaki. A man still employed with WWE to this day. And do you know, well... You will know, Dan, but everybody listening, Funaki, very close friend with Shawn Michaels. And I've always thought that was quite a weird friendship. Like, how did they become friends? But obviously, I guess over time and maybe just the respect for one another. But we're going to start this action with a six-man tag team match. And, of course, we will have a five-point um, we'll five system for this one here, but we'll just mark it as a standard paper. I think that would be fair. So we go. It's a nice tilt world backbreaker there by Fresher. There's a few, few tacker chance as Fresher hits uh, Randy Orton S power slam there. Now tags in Mosh. Mosh in second rope. No drop kick to Men's. Men's gone down. <coughs> That's some really skinny legs. I don't know. It's fucked up, isn't it? I think all the fucking tights I have. I was talking about that. Oh, in comes Funaki. But gets caught there by Mosh. Lovely power slam. Uh, lovely spine buster, sorry. Power bomb there by Mosh after the Hurricane Runner attempt. And the three-man team of the Headbangers and Taka are certainly running strong over these much smaller competitors of Kyantai. Well, I think for Kyantai, they just have to not get beaten. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And now Tucker in, sending for Nucky against the turnbuckle. And he's still got his hoodie on. Very impressive for a wrestling ring. Always found it, you know, when Scott Torty kept his lid on. Always like that. Yeah. It's just like Bobby Lashley nowadays keeping his <laughs> sweatband on. <laughs> Tucker takes Fanucky out. And a beautiful springboard dive there by Tucker. High fives Thrasher and Moss. Goes back in the ring. Oh, but Dixon, he just takes that Tucker. And now he gets the proper tag in. Now Dick and Funaki take down Taka. Oh, lovely stereo elbow drops. It's a nice Iron Maiden t-shirt, though, by uh, Dick. He's not bad talent, either. The Taka there shown his agility. Wow, monkey flip sends Dick halfway across the ring. Oh, then he deposits Taka to the outside. Baseball slide. Oh, head scissors takedown there by Dick. Very impressive. And Tucker goes into the unprotected barricade. Now Togo back in and he's continuing assault on Tucker. Tags in men's. Tags for Kyantai now. They're working over the much smaller man in Tucker Mishinoka. I think he's their original target in this feud. Now Dick Togo continuing the assault on Tucker. Oh, but Mishinoku's fighting out with a couple of big back elbows. Standing switch. Dick fights out of that. Springboard. Was that kind of like a backflip type thing? Takes down Taka. And then Fanaki tries to hit Taka whilst men's holding him, but Taka dodges. Oh, looking for the elbow, but Thrasher sits up, moves out of the way. Taka bounces the ropes. Oh, high elevation. Sends him crashing down on Funaki. Is he looking for the Mishinoku driver? Bang, hits it. One, two, three. Ooh. And Kantai defeated. Well, there we go. Not a bad opener to start. Dan, what are your thoughts? It was quite an interesting match. You know, it wasn't It wasn't a long match. It's a, it's a good little warm-up match to get us into the uh, the feel of things for this. You know, it's it's a good little personal feud Tacker's got going on with Kai and Ty. You can, and he's teaming up with various sorts of characters and it uses a bit more of the roster as well. So, yeah, you know, it wasn't... No harm done, really. No. I think the thing is, though, is that you got to ask yourself about the light heavyweight championship that Taka Michinoku is holding. It's obviously, WWF have got no plans for that unless, you know, they've got the kind of... Long-term plan with Kaito, but I just don't see it as he teams up the Headbangers and Bradshaw and stuff. Like this. I think it's just trying to make Taka more of a WWF superstar than it is about light heavyweight division. But we move on. Oh, and Sable coming out now. Well, we've got the King of the Ring bracket. And uh, the first two rounds, the first round and the quarterfinal was both on TV. Yes, we saw the first two rounds of the King of the Ring bracket. On TV, the first round was Vader's The Rock, The Rock won. Triple H versus X-Pac, Triple H won, setting up a match between them two. Owen Hart defeated Scorpio. Dan the Mustache Chevron beat D'Lo Brown. Ken Shamrock beat Carmen Mustafa. Mark Henry beat Terry Funk. Jeff Jarrett beat Farouk. And Mark Mero beat Steve Blackman. Then the quarterfinals. Well, in the quarterfinals, The Rock beat Triple H. Dan beat Owen Hart. Ken Shamrock beat Mark Henry and Jeff Jarrett defeated Mark Mero, setting up the semi-finals, one of which we're going to see next. And the semi-finals are The Rock versus Dan the Mustache Severin 
and Ken Shamrock versus Jeff Jarrett and the winner will go on to try and become king of the ring later on in the show. Uh, I mean, king of the ring at this point, we'll just run through the king of the ring winners quickly. Night Night 3, when the first Bret Hart, Owen Hart won it in Night Night 4, King Mabel in Night Night 5, called Stone Cold Steve Austin in Night Night 6, Hunter Hearst Helmsley in 1997, who will be 1998? That is not bad company. Only Mabel would be the, the kind of bad apple in that group of guys there. So it's either going to be Shamrock, The Rock, Jeff Jarrett, Dan and, the Mustache Severin. And Dan the Mustache Severin. All right, Sable's back, everyone. She was fired, but then unfired. Yeah, not going to try and hurt my head over it. Crowd loved them, some Sable, though. Anyway, she introduces Vincent Mann and the Stooges. And Patson tries to fill Sable up for some reason, and rightfully gets fired across the face from her. Now, for some reason, because Pat Patson's a big gay, but he does grab her ass in a minute. Oh, that was a loud slap. Well, Patson with a friendly tab, tap, and then Sable with a slap. Well, yeah. McMahon disrespects the crowd, many of whom want to see Kane get set on fire, including former heavyweight champion Michael Mora. Don't know who that is. Even accusing, even, even accusing them of lousy DNA syndrome, and it's their fault their life sucks. This is filler. All right, interesting facts about WWE King of the Ring 1998. Uh, it was the it marked the only pay per view match where the smoking guns face each other for three years. Billy and Bart were figures of consistency in WWE's rather lacking tag team division. When the two split in 1996, a feud was imminent. Strangely enough, there was no pay per view blow off. They each captain teams on the Survivor Series 96 pre-show with Bart Pin and Billy. But the angle was abandoned after Billy was written out with a neck injury the following month. In 1997, the rechristened Rockabilly defeated Bart in a nothing match on Raw. The feud was deader than disco. By the same time, a year later, Billy was one half of the transcendent New Age Outlaws, while Bart joined Bob Holly as a needless noob knight. And on this pay-per-view, we're going to see him face each other. Burn, baby, burn, Austin 316. So a child <coughs> of the age of 10 or 11... A man set himself on fire. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Maybe that's what Kane did early in his life where he lost a game of FIFA. <laughs> he set himself on fire or something like that. So, FIFA 98 was an awesome game. Didn't have the Blur song on it. You know, the song, I've got my head shit. Woohoo! I think that was early 2000s on the Blur one. 98. Alright. Two for 98 soundtrack, yeah. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I think you could do, um, like, indoor football for that one as well. Alright, so it's King of the Rings semi finals. It's either going to be Shamrock or Double J. That's J E double F J A double R E double T. Or a Rock and Dan the Mustache Seven. I love the Double J's and sparklies and everything like that. Wouldn't the you love it? Wheels. If it was a DW with fireworks like that? No. I would, if it was JR. <coughs> Fucking love it if it was JR coming out of here. Look at that cowboy hat. Look at the way he's dressed. Look at that package. I mean, Lex Luger calls himself it, but Jeff Jack is the total package, you know. The future WWE. There's champion. only one total package. That is Alex Wright. Yeah, Alex Wright is a huge peanuts. I want to be a Nitro girl. I'm not allowed. So Jeff Jack's going to go against Ken Shamrock. So we've Got Jeff Jarrett going to get Shamrock. Shamrock's been away for a little while. He's been injured ever since WrestleMania, but now he's back. 
and looking to win King of the Ring. And Jeff Jarrett's been feuding with Steve Blackman. But this is the world's most dangerous man. And he looks dangerous as well. well he looks his like MMA gloves on. He's built like a brick shithouse. He's got the intensity in his eyes. He's got the look you would want. Fans like him. What could possibly go wrong with Ken Shamrock? Future world heavyweight champion right there, ladies and gentlemen. And that is a future star for years to come. And as he gets in the mood, he punches himself in the face. And Jeff Jarrett starts early. Well, he don't want Ken Shamrock to get uh, any steam going, but Shamrock quickly turns that around. Irish whip, close on attempt. Jarrett ducks it, but gets caught with a back elbow. Shamrock with a kind of knee to the face there. Pushing Jarrett back in the corner. And I think Shamrock, yeah, he wants to put it. He's so intense. He get the job done early. It favours Jeff the longer this match goes on. He is a veteran here. Irish whip Shamrock to the corner, but can't... <coughs> But Shamrock comes flying out with a thunderous clothesline, turns Double J inside out. Now Shamrock's going to go for a suplex. Like a snap suplex there for Shamrock. And then it float over as well, but can't get anything. Jarrett Irish whipped again, and now Shamrock with a calf kick. Not calf kick, just with a kick. Jarrett dodged. Oh, comes off the ropes with a swinging net breaker. And now turns it around, short arm clothesline. And with Tennessee Lee... At ringside, you've got to think he's going to be a factor in this. King Jarrett. Well, Jay, I think he's got a ring to it. I don't see King Shamrock as anything. King Ken. Oh, King Ken's quite cool. King Ken's quite cool. King Ken cool. Well, he's so he's come so close yet so far with the Intercontinental Championship. Trying to, you know, feud with the Rock these past few months. Can he have some success? Well, he eliminates Double J from the Royal Rumble. To give himself a bit of a breather, but no, he's going to go and follow him out. And referee Tim White is struggling to keep control of this match thus far. And struggling to get out of the ring. Now he finally does. He goes that rings that way. And Shamrock wants a bit of Tennessee Lee. Don't get too distracted, Kenneth. Well, Shamrock lifts Double J up, throws Barry Cade. Well, I have it on good authority that Ken Shamrock is tougher than a $2 steak. I was always quite a fan of Shamrock, to be fair. I thought he has quite a good look I don't think he was a too bad wrestler it'll be interesting to find out as we move along what kind of happened with him if there's anything backstage or anything like this I mean even now you hear Shamrock in an interview saying he don't know why he was never offered a role back in WWE I don't know if it was saying maybe I mean what was what's your thoughts on old Ken <coughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know he's I just I, I don't know I, I don't think he had Enough of a personality. I mean, you know, as annoying as he is, and I think that's kind of the case with Double J, at least he's got a bit of personality. But Ken Shamrock, he just comes out, he's the most dangerous man. He's always fuming and angry. You know, it's it, suit gun with Nicky Cross. Yeah, I think with Shamrock, he did have the kind of intensity there where he would snap. You know, he wasn't always kind of mental like that. Yeah, he was quite an intense guy. And then he he could take it to that next level. And I always saw potential in that. Uh, not as a main event talent, but as someone like you can snap and then the ankle locks in is how dangerous it is. And the lines then matches. He had his own, you know, kind of things that he could have done, like the UFC type in WWE. I think there's a lot of potential there. But like I say, if you can't talk in a microphone, especially during the Attitude Era, 
you're kind of uh, fighting a losing battle, aren't you? You know, cause most definitely, yeah. With, it is like you say, personality is key during this time. It's not about being a good wrestler or anything like that. It's about if you can, and we've seen these over top guys now. We've got the porn star just just debuted. You know, people like the Godfather just coming into play now. And of course, Sable, huge success, and she's not a great wrestler. She ain't a great wrestler. There's two things great about her, but you ain't no wrestling. Now, Kane Shamrock's finally getting into this with a big elbow and a spinning calf kick. Now, it looks like Kane Shamrock's about to snap on Double J. Probably looking to snap his ankle as well. Power slam goes for the cover, but Jarrett managing to kick out. Uh, yes. And now Shamrock picks up Jeff, but Jeff reverses. Hurricane runner from Shamrock. Got Jarrett in position for the ankle lock, and almost immediately Jarrett taps out. Tennessee Lee comes in. He gets a belly-to-belly for his troubles. So Ken Shamrock wins, and he's through to the final of the king of the ring. Dan, what are your thoughts? Again, you know, it was it it wasn't a terrible match. I mean, you know, guys didn't really miss a beat. I think the King of the Ring was certainly more important during this era than it was previously, if you catch my drift, you know, it's uh I know obviously now it's kind of redundant, but I mean later on in its years it kind of lost a fair bit of meaning as well. Well, it'd only go four more years after this anyway. So like I said, the King of the Ring, in my eyes I thought it was a kind of major event. Major event. But, it, you know, Money in the Bank's nearly be going as long. Well, not as long, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, WrestleMania 21? WrestleMania 21, yeah. I think the first pay-per-view Money in the Bank was like 2010. So they've been in it for, what, eight years now? 93 to 2002. That's, what, nine years? So it's not as long as refill. But this is the first time that the quarterfinals haven't been on the pay-per-view section of the, uh, the King of the Ring. So maybe, let's say, dialing back a little bit. But here's the next semi-final. Here comes The Rock, the ruler of the nation with Godfather and Mark Henry. Wow, and he's going against Dan, the moustache Severin. Who are you favouring in this match? Well, Dan Severin. He's got to be, uh, we talk about Shamrock being a dangerous man. You know, Severin has been there, done that in UFC. He's made people tap out. And I think a match against Shamrock in a kind of UFC-style tournament match would be fantastic, and I think Severin is dangerous, and The Rock's got the Intercontinental title to fall back on. Unlike Jeff Jarrett, who had Tennessee Lee in his corner, The Rock has got two members of the nation. He has got the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, and Karma Mustafa slash Godfather. Well, he did have anyway, until they've just been asked to return to the back. So, that, so yeah. that's kind of fucked my prediction up. There you go. Your advantage there has gone down, and that's got to be one-on-one. Where's Dino? Well, that's what happened to Dino. He had his uh, muscles ripped by Dan Severn in qualifying, so I don't know if Dino Brown's going to come back for a while. So we've not really seen too much of Dan, the moustache Severn. You know, what are your thoughts on him? Oh, he's shit. He's an awful wrestler. I mean, he looks like my dad. So how can I take a wrestler looks like my dad seriously in WWE? Like talk about I talk about him being dangerous in the UFC. Great submission artist, but like you say, if you thought Shamrock had no personality, this man's got the personality of a sponge. No, I'm sorry, I've been horrible to sponges of of like what's the plywood shit? Just you know what I mean? Just like plain basic wood. You can do a lot with plywood though. All right, what's the most basic wood? That shit. 
Yours, because it never gets used. Yeah, all right. My <laughs> my word then, bazinga. My word then is is Dan Severin. <laughs> my penis is the equivalent of Dan Severin. Your penis is called Dan. It might look impressive. It might hurt a lot of people, but when it comes into the WWE, just don't get used. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used a lot by the Rock. That's my fault. Nah, um, yeah, I, I, nah, he's, he looks like he's a 1970s wrestler. And in, you know, in this kind of evolution of wrestling, I don't think he's, uh, he would, he would have worked 20 years ago. Nah, well, from there anyway, not from here, because this is 20 years ago from here and it don't work. <laughs> no, nah, he, he really don't. I mean, even look at his trunks and stuff like that. He's trying to take the rock down, work for the leg. Rock's trying to get out of it, and this is Severin style. The rock manages to get to the bottom rope. I reckon he'd have a good feud with Ken Shamrock, though. So, of course, the winner of this will go on to face Ken Shamrock. So, you know, we could see Dan the Mustache, Dan the Mustache versus Ken Dangerous Shamrock. Well, we can see the Rock and the Shamrock get their hands on each other that we've seen a fair few times already. And maybe Shamrock will finally get one up on the Rock. So did Jerry Lawler take his winning the King of the Rings tournament a bit too seriously? (laughs) King never won it. It was his gimmick back in Memphis in the 70s, just known as the King. I mean, they had done that gimmick in WWE with... um, King Booker. King Harley Race back in the 80s. We saw King Harley Race at WrestleMania 3. And uh, King Haku as well. But the King of Ring tournament used to be a kind of house show in the late 80s. Bret Hart then, like I said, Night Night 3 was when it was first held as a pay-per-view. Bret won it, but the King did crown him after the coronation ceremony. Hit him over the head and that kind of started the feud between the two. Because then the King was saying, I'm the real King. And Bret was like, no, you're not. You're just a dickhead. So that was... Kind of that. But the King's always kept his gimmick and no one's really argued about it, I suppose. And then Rock finally got some offence in. Takes Severin down with a clothesline. Rips his elbow pad off. And now putting the boots to the moustache. Was he dancing around too much? He's mocking down Severin's style of wrestling. Suplex from the Rock. Goes over to a cover-up one. Two. Oh, but Dan kicking out. Uh-huh. Well, both men had a meeting of the minds. Heads colliding. Dan not sure whether to get up yet or not. And now the godfather of Mark Henry on the apron. Hope D'Lo Brown doesn't get involved. D'Lo's out injured, though. Oh, no, but he's got his chest protector on. Oh. Frog splash to Dan the mustache. Bit of payback. The rock rolls over for a cover. One, two, three. The Rock wins and he goes forward to the finals to face Shamrock later tonight. Well, that was an awful match. It really, really was terrible. Uh, I've got nothing more to say about that. So it is, of course, later on in this pay-per-view, The Rock versus Shamrock to be crowned King of the Ring. 19 98. Well, Al Snow wanted to meet him with Vince McMahon, and he's got his wish. If he can win this match tonight, he will be a WWF employee. So it's him and Head 
versus just too much. Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor. With seven men and one bear, James is in his element. So which team are you favouring then, James? Are you favouring the team of too much, Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor? Or are you favouring Al Snow and Head? Well, I'm not used to Head, so I've got to say too much for me. I mean, these are young, braggadocious guys. I mean, just full of cockiness. And they've been a tag team for a while. Look, they even... Look at Scotty Too Hotty there, eh? Fucking hell. Would you rather see the head or the worm? I'd rather see the worm than head. I mean, and just think of the kind of, say, evolution of the change of character. Scott Taylor at the moment, kind of nondescript bad guy with Brian Christopher. And then kind of create, like, using the worm and the kind of lid and kind of stuff as well. His hair all fucking gelled up. He but would we have... have got... Sorry to interrupt you. A special guest referee, James. Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> we got on to that thing. And Scott Taylor now, he's just like, yeah. Who's the referee then? It is Jerry the King Lawler. And how's that fair? It's, it's Brian Christopher's dad. So here comes Al Snow out. No music, of course, because he's not a WWE employer. Employee. Employee even. You're right about that. He's not any connection with WWF. Look, we've got another head. But Al Snow's been around for a while. I mean, even in WWE, Leaf Cassidy, part of the uh, new rockers with Marty Jannetty, and Jannetty decided to leave, and he went to ECW and found the head character, thanks to Mick Foley. So he's back now. The King has been announced as a referee, and I'm shocked. And Al Snow having to go to head. So how can someone pin head if there's no shoulders for them to be pinned to the mat? And the match has started. Last takedown, he's working over Scott. But Al keeps going to the corner for uh, for some advice off of Head. Well, Head fully shouting at him. Do you reckon Al Snow hears voices in his head? I think he does. He sees communicates with it. And Scotty is uh, very hotty at the moment. He's actually not. He wouldn't find the Scotty too hotty cat till later at the moment. On the back of his jacket, it said, too hot. Yeah, he's Scott too hot Taylor. Exactly, Scott Too Hot T. As he tags in Brian Christopher, or Grand Master Sex A, or Too Sexy, as his trunks say. Well, they are just too sexy. They're too much. They're too cool. They're too hot. They're too king. Well, Brian Christopher's telling his dad, or the referee, that Al Snow was pulling his hair. Jerry King Lawler's reprimanding Al Snow for pulling hair. Well, it's good that the King's impartial. And Al Snow looking to strike Brian Christopher, Jerry blocking it because it was a closed fist. Again, fair, impartial referee. Well, Christopher perched on the top rope, gets thrown off by Snow. Now Al's going up top. Wonder what he's going to do. Oh, Scotty Taylor getting involved. The ref's telling him off, though. Sunset flip by Snow into a powerbomb. Takes Christopher down. Goes for the cover. King gets positioned, making sure the shoulders are down. One, two. Nice, deliberate count by the King. Making sure the shoulders are down. But, oh, Brian Christopher kicks out. Uh. That was close then, but the King definitely two. Nice refereeing. I don't know why Al Snow complaining. He put himself in this situation. 
situation. Well, Al Snow's just eliminated Christopher from the Royal Rumble. Scotty to come behind. He gets eliminated as well. Now they're going to work over too much on the outside. And Snow plow. Oh, no. I thought he was going to try that. It just slams him. Yeah, now he's gone. No, he's just getting a big run up as he clotheslines Scotty too hot. Eh? Uh, so clotheslines Brian Christopher springboarding off the top rope with a clothesline takes down Al Snow. He got rested recently again, Brian Christopher, because he didn't pay for um, hotel room. But apparently he's been off hard drugs for a few years, so that's good news. He's just on soft ones now, yeah, though. And Al Snow, the uh, I think he's still training OVW, isn't he? Impact wrestling or something like that. Drop kick by Taylor. Snow's working for Snow had worked from 2010 to 2017. He'd worked as a road agent for TNA, and with its former developmental territory OVW as a show producer. He was a tough enough trainer. I saw him do that for a couple of series. weren't too bad actually, but I don't know if I want to get talked by Al Snow. Self help life lessons from the bizarre wrestling career of Al Snow. Do you know what his real name is? No. Alan Ray Sarvan. Nice pump handle action. And then moonwalk there by Taylor. Double leg takedown. Oh, lovely suplex from Snow. King pushes Taylor to get a tag to uh, Brian Christopher. And now Bulldog by Brian. And now Al Snow looking. He's finally took too much down. Now looking for a tag. There you go. Head gets tagged in. Oh, and Head takes down Brian and Scotty. Head's on fire, baby. Talk about a hot tag. Snowplow for Al Snow on Brian Christopher. Snowplow on Brian Christopher, yeah. But not the legal legal man. But the king get distracted by the fans rather than going for the cover. I don't think he can, though. Does he realise? Uh, King going out the ring. Taylor Irish rip, but head. Oh, head butt down south. Well, to two heads there, wasn't it? <laughs> Taylor's down, but oh, Christopher's got thrown. I don't know what it is. Maybe a shampoo bottle. Snowplow again. Cover on Taylor. And Christopher pinning head. Al Snow thinks he's won, but he hasn't. I call shenanigans. Ah. Oh, head and shoulders. So how could you pin head? Well, you got head and shoulders. With too much win and Al Snow's gone. Bye, Al. What do you think? Well, let's hope this shit show does improve. Because up next, it's X-Puck versus Owen Hart. And surely, surely, these two guys won't let us down. So Owen Hart cost X-Puck two weeks ago in the King of the Ring. Made sure he got counted out against Triple H. But then last Monday, X-Puck, oh, fucking hell, chair to the back of the head. You can see the impact there. Bit of payback, and here comes X-Puck. This will be the first time we've seen him in action for DX, isn't it? Yep, it's the first time we are seeing it. But when we have our big catch-up, we'll try and see some highlights of him versus uh, Triple H. So we've just seen X Park's entrance, and now so it is Nation 
versus DX. A lot of bad blood between both men. Oh, an expat comes flying out the ring to greet Owen Hart. And he's working him over on the outside. The bell has rung. Owen's been thrown back inside now. Well, this is weird. Talk about expat first uh, proper pay-per-view match back in WWF. His last pay-per-view match was September of 1997 in War Games when it was NWA versus the Four Horsemen. So quite incredible when you think it was nine months ago. Of course, he had that big uh, neck injury since then. He's had all the beef with Bischoff, but can he back it up in the ring? Going against a great athlete in Owen Hart. Man himself wanted to leave for WSW. What wasn't allowed, kept under because of the contract. Was told that he's going to have a better position in the card. Feud with Michaels. Michaels didn't want to feud with him. So then he was put with Triple H and now he's been demoted again to, you would argue, a lesser member of DX with X-Puck. But it is still the DX own heart feud we've seen now for the past few months. But Owen says enough is enough and it's time for a change. So maybe that's why he's let the nation into his heart. So a bit more of own heart that we've seen. Have your thoughts changed of own heart? What, are your, what, what do you think of him? Um, I don't know. He's... I've never been the biggest fan of Own Heart, and no disrespect to the dead. But no, I've I don't know. I've just he's not really one that's impressed me, you know. Yeah, I think for me, I think he has kind of uh, I've got a newfound uh, respect for Owen. Like I said, weren't really part of our generation, apart from of course falling to his death. But like bef- even before this, now we've seen like the kind of Owen Brett rivalry that they had in the kind of way. I mean, there's no doubt that Owen was a good wrestler. You know, I don't think there's any questioning that. Again, might be a personality issue a little bit for Owen and being in Brett's shadow and, of course, the Hart family's shadow itself. But what we've seen of him, I think he's delivered in ring. And I expect this to be a good match between Owen and X-Puck because of the way both men work. And it has been a back-and-forth effort so far. Well, yeah, X-Puck had the upper hand straight off the bat, but Owen Hart has managed to fight his way back into it. With Fisherman Suplex, bridges out, but X-Pac managing to kick out. Ah. And let's not forget, Owen Hart has had a successful WWE career, as JR says on commentary there. The only championship he never won was, of course, the WWF title. And should he have maybe had a chance to win it? I think he'd give him a chance, a bit like Shamrock earlier, but it just never really worked out. But, of course, European champion, Slammy Award winner, Intercontinental champion, tag team champion with Bulldog. But Lowe's his head gets caught by X-Puck there. But Owen now a small cradle to X-Puck. But X-Puck kicks out. Ah. So do you reckon Owen Hart would have made a bigger impact if he had been allowed to leave and go to WCW? I think he would have been alive. And I think that would have mattered. And I think Brett maybe wouldn't have had the kind of stress that he had found in his life. And I think maybe they both would have tired as well. I mean, Brett talks about it. They only want a couple of years left. You know, with Brett's contract expiring, WCW, and the way Owen Hart was feeling, he, of course, was a family man. I mean, he loved his kids and, uh, of course, his wife as well. And the thing about Owen is that you don't hear a bad story about him, so he just sounds like he's quite a nice guy. He used to like the ribs, didn't he? Yeah, very, very, very rib-like, you know. Hi, Daniel. Hi. Very, very, very I'm watching. Hi, bald man in the crowd. <laughs> and Owen Hart, Irish whips X-Puck into the... Uh, the timekeeper's table, Bell goes flying right into the barricade. That was a hell of an impact there. Then we see the bloke with a high Daniel sign. I can't believe he travelled back 20 years just for that moment there. And now Owen's got Xbox suplexes him on the announce table, throws him back in. It's been all Owen recently. He's going to the top. 
course, he's a high flyer as well. You know, the most high flying heart. But Owen hits the drop kick successfully, goes for the pin, but X Puck gets a shoulder up at two. Two. So Owen's slowing this match down with a sleeper hold. This should be more of a technical match than the others that we've seen. You know, both these guys are quite good in the ring. It's been the best match so far, hasn't it? Yeah. The exchanges between the two, the kind of quickness that we have that's been missing from the rest of the card. And like I say, take the breath now. And you can also see the hatred that these two factions have got as well. You know, they're both up-and-coming factions. You know, the refreshed nation, the new D-Generation X. So, you know, I think it's kind of marking their territory. These are kind of like, you know, the the secondary guys in each faction. You've got The Rock, who's the leader of the nation. You've got Triple H, who's the leader. And, you know, these two guys are kind of following in their footsteps. No, I think you're right. And, oh, is that an X-Factor there by X-Puck? He's not going to put them away, though. Yeah, these are definitely the workhorses. But I think The Rock and Triple H are great wrestlers as well. I think that's what makes it different, kind of NWO in the nation. It's, it's all... The type of matches that you've got, even the Outlaws versus Godfather or Mark Henry and D'Lo were involved. I think they're all quite good talents. And X-Puck there gets a foot caught by Bonds with the insecurity. Throws Owen Hart in the corner now. Oh, and X-Puck with a kick to the head. Now he's choking out Owen Hart with his foot in the corner. Looking for the Bronco Buster. And Owen there. <laughs> Felt the full brunt of that. I thought he blocked it for a second. It looked like he got his hands up. I think he was just making sure he didn't get a cock in his mouth. <laughs> Some people don't like that, apparently. And X-Puck slams Owen. X-Puck's looking to go up top. Owen Hart recovers quick enough, though. Now, Owen's caught X-Puck. What's he going to try? Oh, both men are... <laughs> both men are jockeying from position. Oh, God. What's throw himself backwards? Yep. Like an over the edge 99. Oh, my God. Oh. That's quite a bad injury. Busted his eye open there, Owen. X-Buck got crutched on the top rope. Owen fell back in the ring. Oh! Ooh. And the world's strongest splash from Mark Henry. Throws yeah. X-Pac back in the ring. China's not happy about that, though. She don't care what size you are. The world's strongest man. Back here. Well, China doesn't care how big and black your cock might be. Oh, my God. Vader just come in and fallen over. He's got a problem with Mark Henry going after him. These two big men. Of course, last time we saw Vader, last pay-per-view, he said he was a fat, useless son of a bitch. But while this melee was going on, China's just come in, DDT'd Owen Hart. Well, Owen had the sharpshoot on X-Puck, but now he's broken that up. She's broken that up. X-Puck goes for the cover and gets the win. There you go. X-Puck wins. Thanks to China, DX get a victory over the nation. But this might be a battle won by X-Puck, but a war... It's far from over. Well, it was quite an interesting match. You know, you had the uh, the involvements here. Uh, yeah. No, it was a good match. You had, like, you know, the outside interference. You had the nation coming out to try and help Owen Hart. You had China coming in to help X-Pac. Uh, yeah, I think it was a uh, good style, and I think it's the best match that we've seen all night. Oh, and here comes Paul Bearer waddling out. Here's Paul Berry got beat up at his home by Undertaker last week. Paul talks about life at home and it damn near contradicts the whole Undertaker Kane storyline history. Although it has been contradicted so many times, you'll think it was running for office or something. Anyway, Bearer's root Kane. Also, Paul Bearer is a bad father. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass, mother. Call somebody. 
So after Paul Bearer is the New Age Outlaws and China's had a quick change. Quick change, just stuck on a pair of sunglasses and a, uh, and a hat. She's out here with the Outlaws. And they're going to go against... Well, for me, this is a dream match. Because their opponents, Bombastic Bob, Bodacious Bar, the new Midnight Express. This is a match that will live for in infamy. Infamy, infamy. They've all got it infamy. Look at Lee, the NWA Tag Team Champions with James E. Cornette. I heard that E is for extra effort. Yeah, I mean, look at that. Look at Bob Holly there. He looks like a spark plug, Holly. Vicious. And then Bombastic Bob out here as well. Well, he is Mr. Bombastic. The first ever proper pay-per-view meeting between Billy and Bart Gunn. Will there be a smoking gun here tonight with the Tag Team Titles? On the line. There we go. Bob and Rodog to start. Collar and elbow tie up and Rodog. Bob Holly up into the corner. But a clean break. Nice to see there. Referee Jimmy Corderas applauds that. Let's see. Four athletes at their best here. And Rodog trying to get out. Pushes Bob against the ropes. Gets hit with a stiff shoulder. Fungus there, wasn't it, by Bob Holly. Dodging a leapfrog as well. Deep arm drag takedown by Road Dog though. That's Gets nice. met with a boot from Bob. Well, Bob shown he can spring up as well, but Road Dog catches him there. Lethal clothesline. Billy Bart, Bob, and Road Dog. <laughs> and the dog now with Bob. A clothesline there for Mobile Alabama from Bombastic Bob. And he's got the Road Dog. Has he got the Alabama slammer yet? No, not yet. And the Irish rips a former Marine who puts his boot up. He's going to try and fight out of this. Gets a tag to Billy. Well, he won't be Rockabilly tonight. He's looking to go against Bart. Bart gets a tag. It's on like Donkey Kong now. Billy Gunn in one corner. Bart Gunn in the other. What a war this will be. Two brothers. Now the Mr. Ass gets an advantage with a low kick to Bart and the short arm jabs. Well, he gets met with a stiff shoulder block. Both men running the ropes well. Bart, impressive, lands on his feet after an arm drag attempt, hits the clothesline, but can't keep Billy down. He would say Billy Gunn's stronger, but at this moment in time, it looks like Bart. He's just as big as Billy. Irish rep Billy dodges the clothesline, now jumps over Sunset Flip. Bart sits down him, now it's a pure test of strength. I want a backslide from Billy. Goes for the cover, Bart kicking out. Oh. Uh. So they were using their finishes at the time. We've seen X-Pac use the X-Factor and Billy using the uh, the famous. It just wasn't their finisher yet, I guess. Oh. Turns Bart inside out with a clothesline. And Billy telling Bart. Suck it, suck it, suck it. Well, Bob's not impressed by that. But the fans are. And he picks Bart up by his hair, tags in Road Dog. Drop toe hold by Billy. And then the roadie drops his knee on the Back of the head. Bit of shake, rattle and roll there. Shake, rattle and knee drop. Irish rip reversed by Big Bart. Picks Rodog up, but Rodog somehow managing to land on his feet. Oh, but that was very intelligent by Bart. Drags Rodog in. Hangs him up on the top rope. Tags in Bob. And now Bob is in with a big right hand. Tags in Bob. Drop toe hold from Bart. And Bob drops the elbow to the back of Road Dog's head. I think they're just going to uh, mirror mirror images there of each other. Yeah, anything the Outlaws can do, the Express can do better. 
Oh, tripping his partner Bob and Gorilla press landing down on Rodog, but Rodog again showing heart, determination, and kicking out. Ah. Uh-huh. Bob taking down Billy. Referee distracted him. Now double team from the new Midnight Express. Um, Bob telling Road Dog to suck it. Billy Gunn didn't like that. Comes and bulldogs Bob, uh, Bob from behind. Roll up from Road Dog. But only getting a two count. Two. And now Bob has got Road Dog. Not letting him get to Billy. And slowing him down with a uh, sleeper. And now Bob picking up Road Dog. Slamming him down. Rodog managed to escape the submission, but can't escape from the new Midnight Express. Bob all the way up now, slammed down. Oh, but Rodog got his foot up straight into the face of Bob. And now can Rodog get a tag to Billy? Yes, he can. And he takes down both members of the new Midnight Express. He's on fire, baby. Irish whip to Bob, kick to the midsection. Maybe we're going to go pile driver and Bart try to stop it. Rodog blocked him off, though. Jim Cornette with a tennis racket. Is that all the title belt from behind? Bob gets a roll up. One, two. Oh, but Billy managing to kick out. Uh, and now the Midnight Express has got Billy. Billy ducks underneath both members. Road Dog takes out the leg of Bart. Billy nearly pins Bob, but only gets a two. Two. Bob pokes Billy, but Billy turns it around into a pin. Jim's in again with a title belt. This time, Billy catches him. Billy's saying, I'm not going to... China's in the ring now. Sunglasses away. Oh, Jim gets a low blow. And Billy runs with the right hand with... Both members of New Age Outlaws hanging Bob up top. Three count. Wow, so the Outlaws win that one, but I think it's a bad match. Thoughts? No, it wasn't a terrible match. It was, you know, it was what it was, wasn't it? So up next, it's the King of the Ring final. It's The Rock versus Ken Shamrock. But why is DX music playing? Triple H coming out here. Looks like he's going to join the commentary. Tyler's not going to come out again, though. Surely not. Don't call me Shirley. But she is back out here again for the third time on a trot. What was the point of her going backstage? She just stayed out here all the time. I mean, what's the point? Wasted journey, all I'm saying. Save your steps. And again, DX fireworks. And of course, Hunter Hurst Helmsley won it last year. Beating Mankind in the final. Mankind, of course, going to face the Untaken Hen in the Cell after this. You want to see how important King of the Ring is? In 1996, Austin won it. Tonight, he's in the main event for the WF Championship. I'm going to go with Ken Shamrock because I don't think The Rock needs the push. Ken Shamrock needs it more. Yeah, I think that's true. I think Shamrock needs a victory over The Rock to kind of show that he does belong in a kind of same category. Rock is growing week in, week week out now, isn't he? From kind of just like mid-level heel to kind of mixing with Austin. He'll be a major heel. Major heel. And uh, I think with Shamrock, he needs to keep pace with him. You know, look at Triple H with the Nation looking on as well. We've got the DX Nation feud. Of course, he'd be looking at the Equinox title held by The Rock, but, you know, I think The Rock, I'm surprised he got through Dan Severin, and I think if he could beat Severin, then he might be able to get a job against Shamrock. Well, Shamrock's got that intense look in his eyes, he's come out here, punched himself in the face, and he's got a lot of unfinished business with The Rock. So, while Triple H is on the 
American announced or the English announced table. China's joined the Spanish announced team, and she's uh, holding her own there. Yeah, she's uh, she's a cunning linguist. The Rock's got the upper hand on Ken Shamrock at the moment. Yeah, it was Shamrock to start off, and then the Rock came back in it after taking a breather on the outside. But Shamrock's just dodged the Rock's offence there, and he's catching his breath back. He's having slight eye problems tonight, Shamrock, so we'll keep an eye on that as the match goes on. Mike Kyoda there stopping Ken for going outside, and it gives the Rock a chance to get his breath back. Well, don't forget, James, both of these guys have already been through one hellacious match each tonight. Yes. I mean, The Rock narrowly defeated Dan the Mustache. Yes, and Shamrock narrowly defeated Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, you're right about that. And now Rock getting in Triple H's face. Triple H's got the water. <coughs> so Triple H spitting the water in the face of The Rock and now getting in China's face. But I think he needs to concentrate on Ken Shamrock, who comes up from behind and starts punching away at him. Yeah, Rock pie face Triple H as well. But now I get sent to the announce table. Right, so this feud's been going on for nine to ten months with Shamrock. So this will come to an end. And then the Triple H feud will start in earnest. Suplex by Shamrock. Rolls over for the cover. Goes for... And only gets a two count. <laughs> two. Yep, couldn't get the cover there. And then Shamrock thrown over the top. Gets caught with the top rope and the second rope. Completely accidental though. Referee stops it straight away. Oh, Shamrock throws Rock into unprotected barricade. But the Rock bounces straight back off it and clotheslines Shamrock. And now again gets in Triple H's face. Can Shamrock stand on that bad ankle? He's trying to run the ropes, but he's visibly limping. Rock goes for a punch to the midsection. Hits a swinging netbreaker. And Shamrock managing to kick out. Uh-huh. The Rock now doesn't want to get overconfident and count Shamrock out. We know the kind of heart that he's got. Shamrock's swinging wildly with the lefts and rights to the midsection of the rock. Backs him into a corner. Irish rips him to the opposite one. Rock ducks Shamrock's clothesline, though. Gets planted with a DDT. And again, Rock going for the cover. But Shamrock managing to kick out. Triple H says, it's not who you know is what you could do in the ring. The guy married to Stephanie McMahon. All right, yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, all right. But he has been quite funny on commentary, to be fair. Says he's going to stick his boot up the rock's ass, but says it's quite a nice boot. And now he slams down Shamrock. Well, the Rock does. And now it's time. The people know. Bang. Hits its mark. If he gets the cover, it could be all over. Oh, that was a very lackadaisical cover from The Rock, though. Yeah, it was. But Shamrock, after people's elbow, imagine to kick out. Uh-huh. And now The Rock's like, fuck this noise. And now he's got a sleeper in with Shamrock. Shamrock gets out of it, pushes The Rock away. But then a lovely DDT by The Rock. Can't get the job done. Shoulder off at two. Two double clothesline there from Shamrock and The Rock. I mean, what a fucking impact that was. And now both men down. Nearly took each other's heads off. Oh, Oh, Shamrock's felt his second wind. Irish whipping The Rock and then taking him down with his spinning heel kicks. Scoop slam, two. Oh, but The Rock managed to get a shot off at two. Two. Unbelievable there, Rock's up. Rock swinging and missing. Shamrock. Fisherman suplex, bridges out one, two. Oh, but the rock man to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Can't believe it again. And now the rock is on the ropes. He's got Shamrock, sends him into the top ten buckle. Irish whip across. The Shamrock responds with a back elbow. Oh, gets caught by the rock who power slams him. Goes for the cover, but Shamrock managing to kick out. Uh, rock picks Shamrock up, rates to the eyes. 
Tries that DDT again, but Shamrock catches him this time. Oh. Turns it into a suplex, but the Rock somehow getting the shoulder up at two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And then Shamrock backing the Rock out in the corner with punches. Hard close off from the Rock, goes for a cover, but again, only getting a two count. But again, only getting a two count. Two. Shamrock can't get up. Rock coming across. Well, Shamrock with a little bit of a mistake there, but hitting Rock with a short arm clothesline. Goes for another cover. But a Rock kicking out. <laughs> and now both men just coming into the fourth quarter now. Goes for a Hurricanrana attempt. It's the bottom of the ninth. And it is. Hurricanrana attempt. Rock low. Tar held him up on that top rope. Shamrock sprang back off the impact there. Great athletic move. Rock goes for the cover, but somehow Shamrock... Get the shoulder up. Ooh. Shamrock rolling through, yeah. picking the ankle of the rock. Rock was too confident, wasn't he? Got his leg picked. He was cool, he was cocky, and that's too bad. Mm-hmm. And now he's grabbing the referee, saying no, but he's got no choice. He taps out, and it is now King Ken. He has won King of the Ring 98, and the love and respect of everyone in this arena who will remember where they were. When Ken Sharrett won King of the Ring, 1998, from UFC to WWE, it's quite a journey, and it ends this near year-long feud that he's had with The Rock with a defining victory here tonight. What did you think of the match, Dan? It wasn't a bad match. I have no idea why Triple H was ringside and what he had to do with matters. But now between these two, there was a couple of tiny little mistakes, but nothing too major. And yeah, you know, it kind of went off without a big hitch. Yeah, I think the Triple H thing is that he was King of the Ring last year. So he's looking on who would become King of the Ring now. And of course, he's still got that kind of feud with The Rock. We saw the interaction there between the two. So I think it made enough sense for me. But I don't think it was a bad ending to the match with Shamrock catching The Rock by surprise. I think for Rock... Wasn't as cocky as he was. Then, like I say, he might have got the victory, but Shamrock does tonight. Do you know Ken Shamrock was the first babyface king in five years? Hmm. One of the most underappreciated matches from the 1998 King of the Ring was Shamrock's crowning victory over Intercontinental Champion The Rock. It was Shamrock's first title of any sort since debuting with the company 16 months earlier, and it made him the first babyface king since Bret Hart won the tournament in 1993. The Mick Foley was originally set to face... Generally, all that wins the tournament as you can build a new challenger for a babyface champion by emboldening him with this sort of crown credibility. That's why of the 14 King of the Ring tournaments since 1993, 10 on pay-per-view, 4 other tournaments since, only 3 of them won by babyfaces. Hart in 93, Shamrock in 98, and can you tell me the other babyface that won the King of the Ring tournament? It's Edge in 2001. Well, Mick Foley was originally set to face Steve Austin for the title yet again. Austin's first serious challenger after winning the WWE Championship was Foley, repurposed as villainous corporate dude love. The feud intertwined with the heel turn of Vince McMahon, giving Austin the ultimate nemesis, while Foley was somewhat peripheral to the grander story. He and Austin put together some classic matches, including an all-time Over the Edge 1998. That is the greatest overbooked match in history. It's five stars without a question. Turns out the original plans were for Austin and Foley to continue their feud at King of the Ring once more for the gold, this time inside Hell of a Cell. 
The plan was scrapped when, according to Foley, the power brokers in the company just weren't feeling Austin Foley 3 at that point in time. Foley, for his part, didn't exactly disagree with that notion. Foley, Foley, for his part, didn't exactly disagree with that notion. The Undertaker worked Hell in a Cell with a broken foot. Foley found out that he'd still be working inside Hell in a Cell, but it would be with an old nemesis, the Undertaker, instead. Foley was initially sceptical of the match's chances of greatness, given both the lukewarm reception of his two's return to the Mankind role and Undertaker's physical health at the time. When the match was planned, Undertaker was still on the mend as a result of a bone chips in his foot. The injury had not entirely healed by the night of the pay-per-view, yet Undertaker worked anyway. After the second major bump, major bump. that Foley endured, Undertaker climbed down in the ring for the cell's unintended opening, had to jump a bit to reach the canvas. As was apparent for his pain limp, the jump did no wonders for his pre-existing injury. Well, Terry Funk was the one that suggested that Mick Foley start on top of the cage. Sometime before King of the Ring, Foley and friend-slash-mentor Terry Funk paid a visit to WWE offices, where they sat in an office watching Undertaker's prior cell matches with Shawn Michaels. The two were enfrailed by the show-stealing performance of both particularly blood-soaked, battered and beaten Michaels, and what Foley felt in his gut that it was going to be a hard match to top. Foley asked... Foley asked for some advice from the elder statesman on what he could do to make his cell match special. Funk replied, I think you ought to start the match on top of the cage. Later on, somewhat jokingly, Funk added, maybe you should let him throw you off the top of the cage. Foley laughed at that silly suggestion. <laughs> Foley laughed at that silly suggestion before churning it through his mind and gut. After mulling it seriously, Foley said to his friend, I think I can do it. The cage roof was not meant to give way. The first throw in, the first throw in, the first throw from top of the cell was planned and sharp-eyed sharp viewers can see Foley somewhat able to guide the descent through the Spanish announce table. When Foley stormed the top of the cage a second time, Undertaker chokeslammed onto a chain-link partition which came undone, sending Foley crashing into the mat in horrific fashion. The prop guy intentionally rigged the roof in order to allow it capacity to sag, but it wasn't meant to fully break loose. The Undertaker, for his part, thought that Foley had legitimately been killed in the fall, as the roof breaking came as a surprise to him. Funk con- <laughs> concurred, and that when he hit the ring to check on his friend, Foley's eyes weren't rolled back in his head, but they looked totally glazed over, like a dead fish's eyes. Foley was knocked unconscious from the impact, but thankfully managed to come around minutes later. Well, Foley does not remember certain parts of... The destructive blows to Foley's head and body left him in a greatly compromised state. As mentioned, the fall through the cage's ceiling legitimately knocked him unconscious, and it was several minutes before Foley... Foley does not remember certain parts of the match. The destructive blows blows to Foley's head and body left him in a greatly compromised state. As mentioned, the fall through the cage's ceiling legitimately knocked him unconscious, and it was several minutes before Foley, God only knows how, could resume work in the match. Because of the damage done, particularly in the form of a concussion, because of the damage done, particularly in the form of a concussion, there are parts of the match Foley doesn't recall. He would later make mention of the post-match examination in the trainer's room, where he said to a present undertaker, did I use thumbtacks? To to which a bemused dead Mac... To which... A bemused dead man responded, Look at your arm, Mick. Surely enough, a number of tacks remained in Foley's limb. A further window aided, aided, a further window into Foley's adult state 
can be found in the Barry Blau... A further window into Foley's adult state can be found in the Barry Blaustein documentary Beyond the Mat, where Blaustein reveals an answering machine message from Foley in the aftermath of the match. Foley sounds groggy, confused, and speaks incoherently as he tries to string together thoughts in the message. But now it should get better because we've got two blockbuster main events. We've got the king. Uh, we've got the first blood match for the WF Championship, which is Kane versus Austin. But right now, next, it is Undertaker versus Mankind. Perverse, vile, diabolical structure. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is the Hell in the Cell match. I was originally very surprised. I didn't honestly think that my position at the time merited such a big match. And it turned out to be... You know, not only the biggest match of my career, but the only match that people seem to remember me by. Just do that chair on top of the cage. What is he doing? Mick's one of those guys that likes to see what he can do and what he can't do and what he can get away with. Mick's that kind of guy. He's resting. Mankind is climbing the cage. You're supposed to start out inside the cage, isn't he? Mr. McMahon knew that I wanted to go up on the top of the cell and wanted to be sure that I was comfortable with the idea of being up there. I told a little bit of a white lie and I had no problem with it. The truth is, when I did reach the top, my initial feeling, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm ruining people's image of me, but uh, it was, you've gotta be kidding me. All the things he's lost, I think he misses his mind the most. Uh Oh, here we go. They're standing on top of that cage. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if, like, one of them fell off of it? And uh, that's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, there goes Mick. It was almost like in slow motion, you know? And he starts to kind of go over you like, no way. Now he's going to catch himself. Oh, my God, he's falling. He's falling. Jim Ross, oh my God, he's broken in half. Mankind was crazy, and I don't know how he's still alive to this day. We need doctors out here. If somebody can get off their butt in the back and get some people out here. People ask the question, did you know it was coming? Absolutely not. I'm thinking that they're just going to get close to the edge and scare the heck out of us. And then when Foley's big 300-pound body starts going through the air, it was frightening. Watching him come right into the table, you know, three feet away from us, I really thought that he was dead. It's over. That cage is 16 feet high. Certainly, there was no way that I could be thrown off that structure and survive, and yet I, I was, and I did. Once again. 
he had proved his passion for sports entertainment at the expense of his body. It was spectacular and amazing and incredible and you'd never seen anything like it. And then a lot of guys would be like, okay, I'm done now. Yet, ever the showman, Mick Foley was down, but not out. You're kidding me. the hell is he standing? Oh my God, this is the toughest man alive. Are you kidding me? He wants to go back up. Uh-uh. He's insane. He's going to finish this match, though. That's Mick Foley. that feeling of electricity when people realize this thing wasn't over. This is absolutely amazing. It's a high that I can't compare to anything else I've done in my career. My biggest mistake was thinking when I went through that table that the worst of my night was over. A headbutt by the Undertaker. And I don't think anybody realized that that would not be the case. Wow, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding. I think even Undertaker was wow, like, what? You just see him fall and you're just kind of falling out the whole time and he's kind of contorted. The other fall didn't kill him, this one's definitely gonna kill him. Well, somebody stop the damn man! Enough's enough! Today, wisely so, they stop it. You know, at that time, we were in uncharted territory. And everybody was pushing each other to try to get to monitors and looking through the curtain and going, is he moving? He may have internal He's got to have internal got to have internal injuries right here. I'd seen stars a lot of times. That was the only time I was ever knocked completely unconscious. There was a chair up there uh, that I'd used on The Undertaker earlier in the match that followed me down, hitting me in the face, and knocked out my teeth. Not these two. Those two are already gone a long time ago. How is he still standing up? I don't have a damn clue. Jerry Lawler said nobody could get up after that, but he's doing it. But I could barely stand. It wasn't until I was sitting in that corner that the cobweb started to clear, and that's where the world saw that there was a, a tooth stuck in my nose. Oh, my. Oh. And he's smiling. Uh-oh. He is smiling. That shot will live forever. I mean, forever. He's bleeding out of both ears. He's got a tooth up through his nose. And I'm going, Mick, are you all right? He goes, keep going. I couldn't believe it. He goes, get the tax. I said, get the tax? Get an ambulance. Are you crazy? What is that? Come tax. over and he's glistening from head to toe with silver and it's thumbtacks stuck through his gear and his arms and his face it was a gruesome gruesome sight my god this has just gone too far stop it
no one could have expected the lengths Mick Foley would go to on that illustrious evening in Pittsburgh. I will never forget what we just witnessed right there. Even the competition in WCW had to recognize that the bar had been raised to seemingly insurmountable heights. Mick Foley off the top of the cage. I said, that's it, boys. The run is over. How are you going to top that? How anybody could not admire the effort of Mick Foley is beyond me. I watched it a thousand times, and it literally changed the business. That was as spectacular as it got. Look at mankind. It's almost as if he doesn't want to are kidding. to leave on a stretcher. A lot of people in WCW couldn't do that stuff. So I was like, well, you ain't beating that one. Going above and beyond the call of duty, Mick Foley had cemented his legacy in sports entertainment history. The most perverse, vile, diabolical structure. We are just about to witness his second Hell in a Cell match in WWF history. And we've watched this before, way back on episode two. Two. When it was uh, myself, Dan, and Dwayne. So let's hope we can put on a better show than we did back then. But 20 years ago, on this day. On this day. And Mankind's music with the steel chair, and like you say, Funk suggestion that he starts on top. I mean, my God, this match. I mean, how many times have you actually watched this match before it gets underway there? Um, or the uh, moments in the match, if you know what I mean. I've probably watched the match probably about half a dozen times, probably about five or six times, yeah, and the moments in the match, you know, they featured quite heavily over a lot of, ti- over a lot of you know, different features and that, so I've probably seen the moments probably about, 20 times yeah obviously they featured like I say hundreds of times I've, I've seen this the pay-per-view alone and then this match this is just incredible I think this match I've seen more than any other wrestling match that I've ever watched this is the one I've seen the most of you know I've seen this and it's just it is incredible when you watch it and just you, you feel like before the match no one's really uh, happy about what was happening, you know, backstage. John Taker had injury, so Mankind. You can see Mankind struggling to even get on top of Hell and Cell at the moment. He's, he was dude love chance for the title, now he's doing this. And the fans watching it must think, oh my God, what's going to happen here? Well, Mankind is starting the match on top of the cage. And he's got the steel chair as well. And the Undertaker's music hits. Everyone in the crowd stands on their feet. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, the commentators do a great job as well, JR and the King, during this match and how they call it. It is uh, so memorable. It, 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 it just adds everything to the match as Yontaker comes out here. And there's a chill in the air. And here comes Yontaker. And this has got to be my favourite Undertaker. Just the way he's dressed, the way he's looked. Look at the fireworks going off as he's coming out. And Yontaker coming out here, laser focused. Of course, we've not seen him in action since he... Uh, Set his brother on fire in April. And tonight his brother might be set on fire yet again. He might set himself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so Kane's, you know, track record with the Undertaker's around is not great. But Mankind awaits the Undertaker now. And he slowly takes his jacket off. I'm not going to do traditional 
entrance because Mankind's already on top of the cell. Or is he daring the Undertaker to join him atop the cage? I think he is, and he's getting ready for it. <laughs> You're right, JR. It's going to be inhuman tonight. The Undertaker is climbing up the cell. Well, the first Hell in a Cell match was a classic between Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. And now Mankind's going to cut Undertaker off. I think he's, yeah, he's trying to knock him off the cell already. Oh, my God, the Undertaker's going to fall off. He's managing to fight his way back so he can get himself on top of the cage as well. Nothing good is going to happen <laughs> with them both up there. Well, you can see the cell sagging between the weight of both men. And now chair cracks it across the back of the Undertaker. Up his cable tied up. And a chair to the back of the Undertaker. Oh, mankind. Look, where did you put that chair? <laughs> he's positioning it down. Looks like he's going to try and pile drive the Undertaker. Oh, my God. And see, that weren't meant to happen. <laughs> it went down. They were like, right, we need to kill ourselves. If I was mankind, the Undertaker, I would just be like, look, get off. Let's, let's just go down the side. And now Undertaker fighting back. They're right above us, folks. <laughs> That cameraman must be shitting himself. <laughs> Undertaker's got Mankind! He's just thrown Mankind to his death within the first two minutes of this bloody match. Oh my god. Unbelievable. And just the way he's landed, his head is under the announce table, his legs are under barricade. But the announce table, the monitor's in, the commentator's there as well. I mean, look at that. <laughs> Hugo Savinovich. And JR saying, look, come on, get out now. Well, it might have been the shortest match in history, but my God. Well, it's a way to start a match with a bang. It, it, it's quite incredible. And the thing is as well, at this point, this is just a replay before I go on. Fuck it now, it's just mental. <laughs> Whatever camera angle just looks brilliant. Well, you know, unlike Shane McMahon, there was no boxes set up underneath to cushion his fall. He just had an announce table. And yeah, the Spanish announcers just go scattering like, Bowling ball pins. This is the thing, you know, at this time, you had WCW that kind of uh, was the main show, wasn't it, of all those stars. And now people like Young Take of Mankind, Nost improving. They're big like that. Terry Funk's out here. And the EC- must be serious. The ECW talent, you know, going extreme and doing extreme stuff. But what's more extreme than Mankind being thrown off in the cell, you know? Like, <laughs> when you see that, ECW didn't really have a leg to stand on afterwards. So then all the fans <laughs> that are watching their programs like, well... This is what the attitude here is all about now. Well, Mankind is removing his mask. And like I said, Terry Funk down. There's the, the doctors. Trainers. EMTs. <laughs> King say, look, help the Spanish guys. They did not see that coming. Jesus Christ. I can understand it happening towards the end of a match. But one of the first big moves in a match, it's... It's mental. It's horrific. We've never seen anything like it. And even in Have a Nice Day, you know, the, the book about this, he had to look back at the match to write about what actually happened during it because he, he couldn't remember anything. He said that the, the first time he had dull kidney pain after the first fall, but he had landed quite comfortably, he said. So he said it wasn't too bad. He hadn't been knocked out, just the stuff had knocked out of him. The cage is being lifted with the Undertaker on top of it. Even Vince McMahon's out here. Exactly, with Sergeant Sorter as well. EMTs are bringing a gurney out here now for Mankind. No, I, I can't remember when we've seen Mankind, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, call him what you want to be stretched out like this. So is that it? Is the match over? It's got to be. Or Funk saying to his friend, these were tag team champions at WrestleMania, saying, look, now, enough's enough. And Vince, to his credit, he said to Mankind after this match, 
never take risks like that again. And that's why Mick Foley changed his kind of style. Because Vince McMahon actually thought like he was dead. So. I think Mick Foley needs a chance more than The Undertaker. <laughs> well, his left arm might be broken as well. <laughs> well. The Undertaker's climbing down near the commentators. Because the cell has lowered down and they've stopped to work on Mick Foley. The match could end here and it would still be one of the best matches. <laughs> yeah, full of my shocking moments. Joe apologising. King saying, why apologise? Oh my God. Foley's back on his feet. He wants to carry on the match. Oh no. Come on, mankind. And now he's climbing back to the top. The uh, Undertaker's yeah. going back up the top to meet him. How exciting is that? Are both men going to go meet each other? If mankind can make it up. Funny if he just fell back. But he has made it up top. Headbutt from Undertaker to the more than likely concussed. The Undertaker's got Mankind! He's just choke slammed him. The roof of the cage has given way. Foley's landed in the middle of the ring. Everyone's going to check on him yet again. King said, that's it, he's dead. There was no bounce at all on that ring. Poor son of a, he's broken in half. And you can look at him, look, he's knocked out cold here. Fats cannot believe it. <laughs> and the Undertaker looking down and thinking, oh God, that's it. And now he crawls down. Let's look at his wince. Bad foot and all. And he's got a chipped bone in his foot. Foley's barely able to recover. Funk's saying, look, you know, he's in pretty bad way. And now... Funk's like, look, take it out of me for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened as well. Funk's like that. And the Undertaker does well to actually carry this for the next couple of minutes until Foley actually wakes up. Foley turns round and sees like a pair of sneakers in the ring. Goes, what was that? <laughs> the funk being thrown out of the ring by the getting choke slammed out of his shoes. It's the impact. It's the fucking no. Oh my god! There's just no giving that no. ring whatsoever. And yet, surprisingly, Foley's back to his <laughs> yeah, feet. Look at One cell. tiny right hand, and Foley's back down again. He's like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, come on now. This is. It's like they're my trainers. <laughs> Did they come out of me? Yeah. And now he's thinking, I've got something in my mouth, I think. I'll take my nose, I don't know. Is that where his tongue goes through yeah. his fucking lip or something? His tooth that's gone through a lip. No idea how it happened. There's just a hole there. He's trying to stick his tongue through. It looks like he's smiling. But the Undertaker going up for old school. Oh, and Foley bounces against the <laughs> ring ropes, crutching the Undertaker. Now they've been well and truly locked inside the cell. Well, thrown off the side, thrown through, and now they get locked in. Oh, fucking There you up. go. Looks like he's smiling. There's a tooth sticking out through his nose. And now Mankind up, running Undertaker. And he sends Taker into the side of the cell. I think he's busted him open. Well, the King has confirmed it. Mick Foley, Mankind, he's suffering from internal bleeding. But he's still up, and he's got the stairs. No, nope. nope, can't lift it. And takes like, yeah, let me. Taker showing him how it's done. Picks up the stairs. Stairs into the side of Mankind. And again. And we praise Finn Balor for managing to continue his match with a like dislocated shoulder. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, watch this. Yeah, but wrestling's fake. Yeah, but watch this. Finn <laughs> Cara stopped a match because he broke a finger. So you just imagine <laughs> what <laughs> Mick Foley is feeling right now. Oh, uh, he yeah. probably, he's probably not feeling anything. He don't remember any of this at the time. It's the Undertaker carrying Mankind. And I think the Johnny Gagano war for most punishment taken in a match was started by McFoley. Here comes the Undertaker. Diving through the cage, but I think 
mankind collapses. Undertaker goes headfirst into the side of the cell. Uh oh! Now the Undertaker bleeding. <laughs> no, this is too much now. That blood is too much. Oh, yeah. I feel sorry for the Undertaker. What he's gone through in this match. Yeah. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> the cut himself and his foot hurts. Oh, now into the getting grated into the cell. Into the side of the cell. It's a good job mankind's wearing brown trousers. <laughs> <laughs> JR's in Pittsburgh and I would agree with him. But somehow, mankind up. One arm, he's got the chair down. Oh, seated pile driver to the Undertaker. On that steel chair, rolls an arm across. But only getting a two count. Two... Now Mick Foley with the right hands. The blood on his hands is the Undertaker. Drops the leg across the <laughs> chair across the Undertaker's face. Look how long it takes Mankind to recover. He realises like how much pain he's in after doing that. He's like, why did I do that? Goes for the cover, but the Undertaker kicks out. Oh. And now double arm DDT. That's normally Mankind's finisher, but he just can't capitalise on it. Well, King thinks it's his table that's in his nose. It is his tooth. And he's got a massive hole in his mouth. That's all thanks to the chair. And now he's got a sack. And how could this match get any more extreme? Well, thumbtacks. Hundreds and thousands of thumbtacks. And now he's going to send the Untaker through the thumbtacks. And the Untaker teetering after a couple of big right hands. Here comes Mankind. No, he gets caught by the throat by the Undertaker. Delivers a knee to the midsection. Goes for it again, but runs into a big boot. Comes again. Oh, goes for the tombstone, but mandible claw. And the Undertaker passing out. And no one's had more victories over the Undertaker with this move. <laughs> the Undertaker's passing out here. Referee's checking the arm. One. One more time. Undertaker's out. Oh no! It doesn't drop. He manages to fight back, and Yantaker got mankind on his back. Oh no! Not where the thumbtacks are. Oh! Drops Foley back first into the thumbtacks, and he couldn't remember using the thumbtacks either. As the Undertaker is still trying to recover as well, That's but sickening. some sick perverse way. Mankind is back to his feet before the Undertaker. No. But he gets caught round the throat. Oh no! And a choke slam into the thumbtacks as well. <laughs> He's throwing him off the cell, through the cell. He's backdropped him and chokeslammed him on those thumbtacks. That is it. And yet he's still up to his fucking feet. I don't know what's going to put him away. Oh, just not on the thumbtacks, I please. The Undertaker's got him. Tombstone. And the free for the Undertaker. My God. Greatest match ever. The Undertaker versus Mankind. Head in the cell. That was just sickening. <laughs> there, there is not a match that has been that extreme since then. You know, I know we've had barbed wire matches and, and other things involved. But I mean just for the sheer brutality of what Mankind took during that. Through... Off the head in the cell, through the announce table, through the head in the cell, and then thumbtacks again. He took all the punishment 
in this one, and it's it's quite unbelievable. But I think credit to the Undertaker for being able to carry mankind, and and this changed everything. I feel you know with mankind, it was kind of like look, you deserve now that chance because of what you've just done. Everybody's eyes watching this. This is the most extreme thing ever. It, it was a um, and no one expected it. You know, and that's what's best about it. It just come up kind of as a surprise. It was fantastic, wasn't it, you know? It was, yeah, there's there's no words to describe this match. It is, it is, was, and ever will be. Just, you know, if someone ever says to you, wrestling fate, have a look at this match. Show them this match and then show them the aftermath of Mick Foley's injuries from this and ask him, or, you know, or just look at what he can remember from this match. Because, you know, to, to gauge what happened in this match, he's had to watch it again. And, you know, seeing him going through that match made my stomach turn. I don't know what he feels watching himself go through this match. Oh, it's kids feel what getting thrown off and through the hell in a cell, you know, it's, uh, and like we say, lots has been talked about it, but 20 years to the day since it happened, and we haven't had a moment, like I say, since then, have we? I don't think we ever will. No, hopefully not. I mean, I mean you yeah. know, we have seen some impressive moments, but nothing is... And they're going to show it again. Why? The first 90 seconds of the match, Foley goes through an announce table. The next big move, choke slam through the fucking cage and take in probably one of the most hellacious bumps ever. And the chair hitting him in the face. Yeah, and then he gets choke slammed into a pile of thumbtacks, back dropped onto a pile of thumbtacks, and then tombstone pile drived, and that is why they call it hell in a cell. He doesn't even want to be stretched out of there. He wants to leave under his own free will. That is crazy. How the hell is he able to do that after everything he took? And he's meant to be the bad guy in this. They're pulling the thumbtacks out of his arms, and Funk. He's probably telling you. Probably telling Foley, you know, look, why'd you start on top of the cage for? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you start on top of the cell? I was it fucking is... joking. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That is crazy. He gets a round of applause and yeah, it's my favourite match, I think, of all time as well. Wow. And I'll tell you what, Steve Austin and Kane have to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no filler match. <laughs> no. It is that. That is ungodly. And that throw off the cell. That's a human being. <laughs> it's just pricked him. King just gave JR a prick. He's like, ow, that hurts. Yeah. Uh, whilst talking about Foley getting thrown <laughs> off the top of the cell. And he's like, yeah, that hurts. Well, up next is Austin versus K. But Austin works the main event after a bout with staff infection. And the number of stories involving Steve Austin working in the midst of a serious injury or illness is as long as his list of championships. In 1998, Kingdom was no different with Stone Cold still on the mend after battling staff infection. The illness caused Austin to be hospitalised for three days prior to the pay-per-view and it was clear in the parts of the match that his energy level wasn't at its most optimum. The first, bl- first blood match became for the WWE Championship, which Kane would have set himself on fire if he lost. He enjoyed the match, especially as he finished with a bit of a shock to those expecting a long Austin reign. Well, Austin actually bled earlier in the match. You know the rules of a first blood match. First man to bleed their own blood loses the match. Couldn't be simpler. Austin was due to lose the championship to Kane, 
but not before The Undertaker and a somehow still conscious mankind inserted themselves into the closing moments, where Undertaker would accidentally whack Austin with a chair. Earlier on in the brawl, Austin sustained a cut on his back, but rather a minor one. In theory, this would have been grounds for ending the bout, but a convenient bit of precise wording worked to their advantage. Earlier on in the night, earlier, <coughs> earlier in the night on the pre-show, referee Earl Hebner did an interview where he declared he would not stop the fight for a minor cut or broken nose or anything else, short of a true gusher. Lucky break on their part. Raw set a new ratings record the following night. The buzz over both Mick Foley's brush with death and Kane becoming W champion was enough to give a surging Royals War a hefty victory over WCW Nitro in the following evening. When the dust settled after the June 29th head-to-head Raw, with Austin regaining the belt from Kane, it pulled in a 5.36 rating to Nitro's 4.5. The final quarter hour of Austin toppling Kane drew in a near 5.98 rating. Two major notes here. One, Raw's three-minute overrun of Nitro went off the air. No, sorry, two major ov- two major notes here. Major notes. Major notes. One, Raw's three-minute overrun after Nitro went off the air drew a staggering 6.9 rating, with more than 5 million American households tuning in to see the title switch. Sadly, the five-point... <coughs> sadly, secondly... Secondly, the three... The secondly, the 5.36 rating was Raw's highest ever when opposed by Nitro. As the year wore on, the numbers for WWE would only increase and the ratings gap would only widen. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, but this is a promo now for Steve Austin versus Kane. So we'll catch up with all the kind of the, the real nitty gritty of this next month with uh, the WWE versus WCW. But if we look at it now, Kane beat The Undertaker to be number one contender and uh, these two have confronted him thanks to uh, McFoley's help as well seem like they're teaming up now against Stone Cold but he wants to hold on to his championship and is Kane just a roadblock will he set himself on fire will we have a new WWE champion we see Steve Austin covered in blood and that's what Kane did on Monday Night Raw again pointed things to the Undertaker look you want to be the number one contender you deserve to be the number one contender let's see what happens when you have to face your brother A deeper, darker, more confusing plot was aimed at the rattlesnake. The Bruins, the Santa, the Undertaker coming out to make yet another challenge for Stone Cold. And right that back to out here at the edge of the ring.
week later, an inspector of the ominous Hell in a Cell often unleashes rage in pure 316 fashion. number one contender with Paul Bearer and will tonight be his night and already I can see he's got he's not sleeveless he's got two sleeves maybe that's uh how's how is he going to be busted open if he can't be cut he's got no open well you know he may be uh he may thought you know there's no rule saying you can't have your entire body covered oh, no. well maybe Austin will have to tear some fabric or maybe just cut the hand off or something like that you see all the gasoline at ringside as well, ready for Kane to be set on fire. Chance of Austin waiting for him. Look at that padding he's got on his elbow. Oh, no. That's due to the <laughs> staff infection. But he's still the WWE champion, like I say, won at WrestleMania 14, so he's held it now for three months ago, right after Kane. Running the ropes, Lou Fez press, wailing away with the right hands to the face, trying to draw some blood. Oh, my God. He started on fire, baby, but Kane sits up. Bang, <laughs> title shot to the head. Well, Kane... Busted open a normal man, but Kane is no normal man. Well, Kane wanted the title shot and he got one there. But Lamar's protecting his face and now Austin undoing the turnbuckle. And Austin rocking Kane with the right hand. Tries to send him into the turnbuckle. Of course, he's got the strength of fighters and now he's trying to send Austin in. And Kane free. Big right hands, dropping Austin every time he gets up to his feet. And now Kane choking, stone cold. And a huge Austin chance. He's got his left hand exposed in his neck area. Yeah, I suppose so. And Austin fires back, huge clotheslines, but don't knock Kane down, just stumbles him back a little bit. Kane got Austin up, looking for a tombstone. Oh my God, but Austin blocking. Oh yeah, Austin's fighting out, throws Kane out of the ring, eliminates him from the rumble. But again, Kane following up with a leg sweep, 
dragging Austin to the outside, but Austin blocking Kane's attempted shot with some big rights of his own. Face first into the steel steps. Now the punishment Kane can... We have seen as he sends in the stairs and it doesn't really phase him. It was that ability to land on his feet as well like a cat. But now Austin's got Kane. Rocks him with the right hand. And wait a minute. Why is the cage that we've already had a cage match? Why, why, why is it? And why are we not getting any ominous cage music if it is? Where's Paul Bearer? Is he, do you know he's right next to Kane? Now Kane takes him back in. Ooh. Throws Austin into the steel stairs. If Austin don't move, that cage is going to come down right on top of him. They're going to decapitate him. Maybe that's the plan. But Austin fighting back. Austin into the cage. And we've already seen a horrible Hell in a Cell match. And now Austin's going to be crushed. Oh my God, it's going to come down right on his neck. Austin's got him there. Austin's going to be killed. He's managing to hold the three-ton structure up. Miss McMahon, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it does seem to be that way. That it's got to be. I mean, he's got control of what happens there. That's Kane now choking out Austin. And this is turning to Hell in a Cell. First blood match. Kane sets himself on fire. He <laughs> loses. Oh my God, there's absolutely no escape unless they go through the door. Austin's bleeding. Yeah, well, Hebner's not going to stop it for a bloody nose. That was lucky then. Or a cut on the back. And now Austin gets sent into the Hell in a Cell again. Sent into the stairs again by Kane. Well, apart from the little flurry earlier on, Kane has been in... Uh, <coughs> apart from the little flurry earlier on from Austin, Kane has been in control for the majority of this match. And Austin in serious trouble. Paul Barrett doesn't have to do anything. Oh! Austin managing to turn it around, throwing Kane face first into the side of the cage. And now it's being lifted up, and Kane is uh, in no man's land. Well, he's tilting on the head of the cell. And what is going on here? Who's controlling the damn cage? And Kane, though, managing to choke Austin, even though he's going away. He must be at least 10 foot in the air now. At least 15, 20 feet. Oh, my God. And he God. collapses to the wafer-thin mats below. And, we, mate, we say mankind's big bump. You know what I mean? My God. It's just hellacious. <clears throat> well, JR, that would be significant if you had it, wouldn't you? If you think a little pinprick. Imagine if you had a cut on your back. Trainers, EMTs, referees, down. I don't know how Austin can continue with that little snow. We fought the Untaker Mankind. I mean, these two men here. They've been through hell. And now Austin's going to try pile drive Kane on a concrete. But Kane with the backdrop and Austin again taking a hellacious bump. We've not seen anything like that ever. Oh, there's Mr. McMahon and there's a headset next to him. I think he might be in control. You see Sable sitting diligently, diligently sitting next to Mr. McMahon. Austin sent him to Barry Cade. Referee's check and make sure Austin ain't been busted open. But Kane could be busted open. He might not know. He might be. That's why he's wearing a red. It's a good outfit to wear red, isn't it? <laughs> he's wearing red and he's covering his whole body. And Austin going to try and suplex Kane. Again, I don't think that's a great idea. And he gets reversed. No, Austin blocks it. No, he doesn't. Kane suplex Austin on the rampway. Kane sits up. Now these guys are fighting all over the arena. Kane's picking up a bit of Barry Cade. Oh, of Austin. That could have busted him there. I think Austin is safer, even though it might be, he feels this is his environment, back in the ring, because Kane's been on top of him. 
But man's desperate for Kane to get the job done. Fucking, I can even see what's going on from up there. So if Austin, uh, so if uh, McMahon can't control or contain Austin, what chance has he got with containing Kane? Well, <laughs> that's good. Maybe Paul Bearer can do a better job. And if McMahon can manipulate Bearer, as we've uh, seen him do to others in the past, maybe it's that way. But like you said, Kane is a monster. And now he's getting sent into that exposed turnbuckle. They're back in the ring now. Well, he's gone into it twice, maybe three times, and he's still not staggering off his feet, which is a feat in itself. And now Austin hanging Kane up on that second rope. Just trying to wear him down. Running the ropes. Oh, and hanging him throat first up again. Jay, I'll say, maybe Austin can just rip the mask off, go to work. Work the burns. Make the burns bleed. Would be a good way to get rid of a wrestler. Like a retirement match, you have to set yourself on fire if you lose. I would definitely have Mojo Rawley involved in that. Mojo versus Enzo, and it goes to a no contest, so they both have to burn themselves. And I've just noticed that Mr. Bright Pink shirt, baldy head man, and his wife with the green luminous shirts in the crowd as well. Oh, and they're fans. And talking of fans, also just hit Kane with a fan, and then just hit the way the right hands, but this is not working. I think he needs to find an implement. Uh oh. Wow, Kane's just thrown Austin into senior referee Earl Hebner and both have gone careening into that barricade. Now Kane's got Austin, throws him in. And Kane going all the way to the top. And the Helen Cell's at halfway down. No referee. Oh, Kane close on in Austin as he was perched on that top turnbuckle. My man perched up in that skybox. Hoping, wishing, pleading for a new... Heavyweight champion. Kane off the top, but Austin. And oh. it scouted, dodged out of the way. Yeah, managed to sidestep it this time. Jumping away at the throat of Kane. Head first into exposed turnbuckle, but again, not really doing anything. And Austin turning it up now. He's stomping a mud hole, and he's walking it dry. And now back first into that exposed turnbuckle a couple of times. And now the back of the head. That might be a good idea if you could bust him over the back of the head. Yes, but isn't he wearing a wig? Oh, my God. How the hell is he still <laughs> even fucking walking? Is well, he concussed? Does he still think he's in a match? Oh, and he gets caught with the right hand. Mankind's had so little offense here tonight. But Mankind's still got the chair. Austin blocks him again. And he gets a stunner. That's the worst punishment Mankind has taken all night. Uh-oh, Kay's got Austin with a choke slam. Oh, but Austin with a low blow. Hits Kane with a stunner. And the Undertaker's coming out. It's maybe even the odds. He's wearing a T-shirt and he's <laughs> limping visibly. Undertaker in a T-shirt. That looks really weird. <laughs> he's coming out here now. They're going to hit Mankind. Austin is as well. Oh, Looking for a concerto. Mankind dodged. Undertaker hit Austin. The chair bounced back in his face. The Undertaker takes Kane and Mankind out. And the cage has lowered. Now now the Undertaker is going to get the referee. Oh my God. Well, Austin's busted open. It only takes one look from the ref to see that. And he's uh, going to award Kane the victory. And the Undertaker thrown the referee and now he's got the gasoline. And he's pouring it on El Hebner. What's oh El Hebner God. done? Well, maybe he's trying to wake him up, but Kane just hit the Undertaker from behind. Why would he try and wake him up for? 
Kane's got the chair now on Austin. Poke to the eye. Well, he's busted over, but referee can't see it yet. Close lines Kane down. Now Austin desperately trying to give up the chair. Oh! <laughs> Hellacious shot across the head from Austin to Kane. It dented the chair. Now Oscar try again. Oh, Hebner's signalling for the bell. Austin's like, I'm not even fucking bleeding. <laughs> it's just a little scratch, just like the one on my back. What are you talking about? I'm not wearing a crimson mask. And new World Wrestling Federation champion, Kane. What a shock that is, Austin. He's no longer champion. You can see the tears in his eyes. Can you? I just see blood. I can see blood and tears in his eyes. Blood, what about sweat. sweat? I can see blood. <laughs> Hang on a minute, I'll start again. With Austin, I can see blood, sweat and tears in his ass. <laughs> and McMahon is smirking. No, he's not, Dan. He's just very happy that Kane is the new WWF champion. And we end it there. I mean, my God. What an end. What a great last two matches. But unfortunately, let's talk about the first few matches. <laughs> so... Was there first few matches? I only yeah. remember two matches. Yeah, well, three, actually. Yeah. Alright, so first match, Kind Tie versus the Headbangers and Tacker. I'll start this off. I said two and a half, not a bad opener. I said that was free. It was not bad. It wasn't anything great. There was a few good little moments in it, but you know, it was <laughs> it was what it was. Uh final, Ken Shout versus Double J. Well that was a slight improvement on the last match. I gave that three and a half out of five. You know, these two guys worked together, you could see there was a bit of uh, animosity between the two. And again, you know, it wasn't a terrible match. Uh, I gave that two out of five. <laughs> it was a quick finish and I really didn't like it. Match three was Rock versus Dan Severin. Two out of five. Boring, I put as well. I gave that a two and I just said that was bad. Uh, two cool versus Al Snow. Much. So, sorry, yeah. Two much versus Al Snow and Head. Uh, I thought City finish. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was nothing more than a gimmick match. I also gave that a two. Yeah, I gave that a two as well. X-Pac versus Owen Hart. I gave that... I thought that was a very... Quite a technical match. And, you know, this is... It was an improvement, certainly, on the previous four. And uh, I gave that a four. Four fucking hell. I gave it three and a half out of five. Uh, New Age Outlaws versus Bob and Ben. Five. I think it was standard. Nothing really wrong on that match. Yeah, I gave that a three out of five as well. Not bad again. Uh, Shamrock versus Rock. Um, again, Shamrock vs. Rock, not bad. Three out of five. Yeah, um, I've just got not bad as well. Three out of five. It, you know, it wasn't a terrible match. It, we've seen Shamrock the Rock a few times. I think Triple H made it quite entertaining, being uh, on Commons as well. So, yeah. Yeah, all good. And then, of course, the Taker vs. Mankind Hell in a Cell match. I gave that a five plus. I think it was just a sick match. There was only about 10 moves in the whole match, but it was it was just like, what the fuck was going on? And what the fuck was going through Foley's head? And, you know, even I've seen that throw off the top of Hell in a Cell. I probably saw it about 20 times in replays during the match. And every single time, it still makes me fucking wince. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just, exactly. That is exactly what I was going to say as well. Was the fact is that, no matter how many times you watch it, it still has the same impact as it did first time round. It's it's just one of the most awesome moments in wrestling. And then the main event I thought was quite enjoyable. What did you give it? Uh, five out of five, yeah, that five. 
main event, uh, I thought that was quite enjoyable, actually. A bit, bit brawling around, but I think the finish was entertaining. They kind of spiced up. We know all what's going to happen now in the future. Now, it asks a lot of questions. Um, I gave that a four out of five, the main event. I gave that a four and a half out of five. I thought it was entertaining, and I think that extra half was just for how the fuck mankind managed to walk his way out. And, you know, Undertaker coming out as well. It was a bit of, it was mild in controversy. As soon as that was the Undertaker that caused the first blood on Kane and Kane's way round it by wearing a full body outfit as well. You know, it was just a few technicalities in there. But, yeah, it was a very interesting match. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so then, rating for the overall event. I think I'm going to have to give this a good score because of the last two matches. The rest of it were quite bad, really. I mean, no, four out of nine were acceptable for me. Uh, so I'm still going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 just because of the Hell in a Cell match. If it was just a Hell in a Cell match, obviously it would be a 10 out of 10, but you have to mark it down for the other ones first. I would suggest you skip um, the first four matches and then, after, you know what I mean, and then the pay for you is 8.5 for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'd agree with you, 8.5. It is... It wasn't great the start, but you know, again, it warms up. If it, if everything was on fire, you know, it probably wouldn't have looked that good towards the end. You know, you'd have been, you'd have worn yourself out. So you know, a slow build, but the two semi-final King of the Ring matches, you could just skip over them. Yeah. The two match versus Al Snow and Head, that was just silly and a gimmicky type match. But you know, you watch the first match, the six-man tag match, that weren't a bad match. Then go on to the fifth match, X-Pac versus Owen Hart. That was all right. The tag team title match. Again, it wasn't bad. And then, you know, the Rock Shamrock. It, it's a good little warm-up for what follows it, basically. Yeah, uh, I think most definitely. So um, that is it for this episode. Like I say, we'll give you it for WWE versus WCW in July. And our next episode... Fuck knows what next episode do. Anyway, so that's it. If you want to follow us, you can on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm J. Oh, fuck me, I don't even know what I am. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, WWE Network Review on Google Plus. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail dot com. We're on Facebook. Facebook, yes, you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE cast. You can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. Clips going up there. Podcasts go at the same time as do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Follow Diddly, our music maker. Spreaker Radio, where we've got our live show. Stitcher Radio, and of course iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review. Uh, but that is it. As always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. Oh,